Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host, and we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Lieutenant Randy Sutton. Now, normally, I introduce Randy from Las Vegas, Nevada, but no, he is in Salt Lake City, Utah. I think he's doing tryouts for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. More information about that coming up soon. We also have Corporal David D. Grester from the Tampa Bay area in Florida. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GallsGlobalOrdinance.com, Gunlearn.com on Medicare.live. We're fueled by Bang Energy, as a matter of fact. A lot of you guys may not realize that uh, Bang makes tea. So this is the uh, original sweet tea from Bang. So, guys, check it out. Thanks for the fuel, Bang. Also, a shout-out to uh, Brian Burns with the free press at uh, the – Free, I guess it's Tampa FP or TampaFreePress.com. Check that out. And also Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media at RedVoiceMedia.com. And, you know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. And, no, YouTube is not one of those, but out of the eight locations, three of those belong to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages alone have about one million followers. So take that, YouTube, who's canceling uh, conservative and law enforcement platforms across the country. Uh, so that said... Guys, another great lineup. I know I say that, you know, every day, but we do. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. You know, our first topic is going to be a main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So at lawofficer.com, listen to the title of this article. Sanctuary cities have regrets as flood of illegal migrants continues. Yeah, don't say. Wow. So. It, it starts off, it says it's written by the center, uh, the center square, but leaders of the uh, major metros around the United States have pushed for more progressive immigration policies in recent years by declaring themselves to be safe havens for illegal immigrants. Now, however, as the realities, the financial and the social impacts of those policies start to sink in, some of the local leaders are thinking twice. Millions of illegal immigrants have flowed across the southern border since President Joe Biden took office. Many have been seeking haven in self-proclaimed sanctuary cities. So the Center of Immigration Services recently published a map of sanctuary cities and states and counties across the U.S. I'm looking at the map right now. And you know what? Florida, where I'm at, it's pretty slim pickings over there. Um, hey, uh, Randy, Las Vegas has got a little light on over there. But Utah, it looks like it's pretty blank, too. So uh, and going from the article, it says recent U.S. Customs and Border Protection data shows that over 175,000 illegal immigrants came into the U.S. just last month alone. And in the first five months of this year, 2023, the total number of illegal immigrants coming into the U.S. via the southern border was more than the population of eight U.S. states. Did you get that? Wow. So, yeah, it's a serious problem. Now, Ken Oliver from the Texas Public uh, Policy Foundation, this is what he has to say. As the taxpaying citizens of the sanctuary cities become increasingly aware of the cost of sanctuary policies, including the benefits of housing, food, and protection from the consequences of law-breaking that are extended into um, inadmissible aliens, but not to them, uh, what we're seeing is a backlash that's growing and well-justified. Now, he went on to say that the backlash and the budgetary realities facing cities and states at the receiving end of the Biden border crisis, they're driving a new and welcome trend. It is fitting that the unwinding of unsustainable sanctuary policies is beginning in America's leading sanctuary enclave of New York City. So it's starting to unravel, and some of these people are just wanting to kick back and watch the show. That's what we have. Uh, commentary on this, guys. I'm kind of curious uh, what you all might have to say. Randy, you want to start us off? Sure thing. So uh, Eric Adams, the, uh, the new mayor there, um, was uh, espousing his 
views at the beginning of his term when um, Texas started sending um, uh, busloads of, of illegal immigrants to New York City, and he was screaming and yelling about it. And New York City was literally, they were throwing homeless veterans out of their resident hotels and putting illegal aliens in. And it is causing him a major headache. And he's begging Texas to stop. But Texas, I love those people down there, are saying, hey, you're the one that said you're a sanctuary city. So here you go, here you go, New York. Um, but what's happening is, the, the crime is out of control. You add the, the influx of, of thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants, many of whom uh, have criminal intent when they entered the, the country to begin with. And now you're seeing the people going, what is going on here? And it's, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take an uprising uh, from the citizens to say no more. But that's what it's going to take if we're going to actually... Uh, start on a on a course correct. Wow! All right, thanks, yeah, I, thanks, Randy. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to take a, a vote, a correct vote, is what it's going to take because too many people are too stupid to understand what it's going to take to push back against this this stupidity. And there there's still I think there's still I, I think quite a bit of fear involved in it because of the screaming um, leftists that will then descend upon you and and call you every name in the book if you dare to speak or dare to say out loud that that illegal immigration is a bad thing in any way shape or form i will randy covered it pretty well from city to city and we could we can talk about individual cities individual states i think we know what the list is uh, it's burned into our collective uh, consciousness but in the end i will simply reiterate now initially i would say to people you need to get out of there. You need to move to a state that is better, less taxes, less stupidity, less leftism, all that sort of stuff. But now I've changed that. Now you're not allowed to leave. You have to stay where you are, what you voted for. There was a time frame, a time block when you were allowed to leave your state, flee your city, flee wherever it is where you were, where they were going crazy because you voted for it. Now you're no longer allowed to leave. You got to stay. Um, states like Florida and Texas. We saw some in the in the Midwest, the north, the uh, north central, the Dakotas, Wyoming, uh, Montana, um, states like that. That Idaho, I think, was one of them. Um, some of the other states out that way, like I said, what in Texas, most of Louisiana, although New Orleans and I think Baton Rouge, perhaps might have been one of the where cities. But you get what you ask for, and um, now you can't leave. You got to stay. And if anybody can tell me where that line came from. Now, now you can't leave. If you can tell me what movie that came from, extra, extra, extra points at the end. I can, I can tell you where it came from. <laughs> that was one yeah, but see, you, but you, but see, you have that in, and you know one yeah. of the people that was in the movie. So you know, you, yeah. Okay, you're right. So we what, have a what movie was it? No, tell go, Randy. Tell uh, me what movie it was. It was. Um, with De Niro and uh, Chaz uh, Palminteri, and uh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh God, a Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale, one of my favorites. Yeah, and that that scene was probably one of the best scenes of any movie ever. <laughs> I love it. 
So we've got streamers that are watching the show. And yeah, we're streaming, like I said, uh, to eight locations, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, pa Facebook pages, a bunch of those and just uh, just a, a ton of sources, except for YouTube. And we're even on on Rumble and Rumble is the, 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 the beautiful YouTube replacement. But we have Arthur A. Johnson type in as Randy uh, just left the gym, basically. And, and the secret is. It's that shirt. It's that wounded blue shirt. I'll tell you, these shirts, it's like they're like, it's almost like you order them and they look like they're custom fit. Look at the size of Randy. You think Randy's arms really are that big? That's just, that's unnatural. They, the shirt, it's the shirt. It makes your, it'll make your arms. If you go the the wounded blue, the wounded blue.org and get a shirt like that, your arms will look like Randy. So that's what you should do. Right, Randy? I work out every single day. For <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I so do it. All right. And, uh, hey, we've got uh, Andrew uh, Stott watching from uh, Perth, Australia. So uh, very cool. Uh, Andrew, welcome welcome to the show. Um, so have we exhausted the commentary on the main topic? If we have, we'll move on. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to our next topic. But look, uh, there's a tie-in here. So our first update topic on Police One, lawmakers point to Boston's methadone mile in needle stick bill for first responders. So, you know, God forbid that you fix the problem Let's just go ahead and tack on money for the taxpayers to uh, to uh, not solve the problem, but to you know to um, to fund medical treatment after the fact with taxpayer money. So, but in Boston, state lawmakers are weighing a bill that would provide coverage to first responders who become ill from on-the-job exposure to uncapped needles, uh, a risk that is particularly prevalent for those who respond to the mass and cast area in Boston. So, if you guys don't have a grasp on the problem there. You will in a second. The legislation, which was filed by Senator Nick Collins, who probably means well, uh, would add a section to the state law that presumes disabling or fatal infectious diseases were suffered in the line of duty by firefighters and police officers and EMS workers for the purposes of any death, disability, or medical services claim. So kind of like the Florida heart-lung bill. If you have a heart-lung issue, they're going to automatically assume that it happened you know, during your tenure as a cop and you'll be covered for a disability retirement out or whatever. But this issue of the opioid crisis and the first responders responding has been an issue for years. It's gotten dramatically worse, according to Senator Collins. This is what uh, Collins told the Herald. Mass and cast is out of control. It's an infectious disease, a Petri dish. It's known as the methadone mile, the region located around the intersection of Molina Cass Boulevard and Massachusetts Avenue. And it's been long known for drug use in homeless encampments. Now, listen to this. Our public employees, including public health and public works officials, are being exposed to a lot. But none worse than our first responders, according to Senator Collins, the bill serves to show them and their families the respect and dignity that they deserve when on the job exposure leads to a disability. Yeah, like I said, God forbid you fix a problem, just, you know, put a Band-Aid on it. Officers have to be cognizant of the hundreds, hundreds of open, uncapped hypodermic needles when they respond in these areas. Can you freaking believe that? We got uh, 15 seconds uh, but I mean, I've just wet the appetite and just started. But we're gonna be we're gonna be diving deep into this, guys. So stick with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we've got our first commercial break coming up. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use. Requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of 
blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low-quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, so guys, on this, uh, this last topic, um, I'll tell you, Boston needles, hundreds, thousands of open hypodermic needles. What do you guys think, David? You know, you, you see it everywhere. That It's not limited to the methadone mile in Boston. Nice play on the Miracle Mile, but another another crap hole in Chicago that, you know, that's where the Miracle Mile comes from. But nonetheless, you you, you have that same situation in, in most of the major cities that are on our list of crap holes. And um, what was the oh, Kensington neighborhood in Philadelphia is one. Um, all you have to do is people drive down there and show videos. All you have to do is look at the videos, people. Look at the videos. Look up Kensington, Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia. It's a, it's, it's, it's a third world country. It's absolutely a zombie land uh, from drugs and homelessness. And so they have the same thing in Boston. Not a surprise. But the, the bill itself is a fantastic thing. Like you said, the heart-lung bill, things of that nature, the things that cops are exposed to every day on the job, it's good that you're that they're going to cover them. But then again, all right, we'll fix the problem. I, I mean, we went and all got, you know, hepatitis shots and, and other protective type vaccinations to help protect us from, th from things that we might be exposed to on the street. But you, you that's... Oh, yeah, just more abject stupidity that goes hand in hand with the immigration policies. No, we're a sanctuary city. If you want to use drugs, we'll supply you with needles and pipes and and safe places to to shoot up drugs and the like. It's 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 it's, it's, it's absolute insanity. But now you now you can't leave. <laughs> so um, I am a strong proponent of legislation like this, though. This is a this is a lawmaker that recognized the threat, and um, you know we have to we have to live in the real world. Um, you go to Portland, you go to Los Angeles, you go to San Francisco, and and Philadelphia, as David, um, you know, so poignantly put uh, out there, and and literally it is a um, it is a zombie land. But who is on the front lines? Who is out there that is getting exposed to this? It's the cops. So to have this legislation put out there and recognizing that um, that this that this is a real threat, I, I that's a positive for us. But uh, it's just a shame that this actually has to take place because of the the um, in, uh, in, incredible um, lack of of uh, lawfulness that is now being accepted uh, or lawlessness, excuse me, that is now being accepted. By our society. So, so Randy, let me ask you: the cities that you just named, those are all Democratic-controlled cities. Am I am I correct? Oh, absolutely. Right. So, I guess what look, I, and I and I I did say that I thought the legislator probably meant well. I guess what bothers me the most is that, I mean, look, I'm in Tampa. I mean, maybe not as big a city, but there, there's no issue like that. But, but, but yeah, you have a legislature trying that you know that's 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 making that's passing legislation. But, you know, they still 
if they really cared about the cops, let the cops do their job, clean up the problem so it doesn't exist. I mean, look, I'm all about, you know, look, I've, we've worn special gloves. We've always had the risk of being poked by the hypodermic needle, but that was like a fraction of the percent that these guys are going through right now. And, and it's, it's not right. If they really cared about their cops, fix it so they can do their job and clean up that area instead of letting this just run amok and creating a situation where you've even got to do stuff like this. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but that, but we have to face the new reality. And the new reality is that they aren't going to fix it. That uh, the, the, the decline in the, um, uh, in, in, the, in the ability for the law enforcement community to actually be effective is, is, um, has been rendered ineffective. Um, until we actually f fix that issue, and I don't see anything happening in the near future, unfortunately, uh, putting something in place that is a protection for the law enforcement community is a positive. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I've, I've got a new book coming out called Rescuing 911, The Fight for America's Safety. And it's all about this. That and until the people of these cities stand up and take ownership, and say, you know what, we're not going to accept this anymore. We're going to put people into these positions of leadership that really do care about the community and are willing to do something. Until that happens, we're going to be literally shoveling against the tide. I'll keep that word out of it. Well, I, I think I'm on the waiting list or the pre-order list for that book, by the way. So I can't wait for that to come out. And hey, Randy, while we're talking about it, um, I know we've got a thing coming up about the Wounded Blue at the end of the show, but let's talk about you know, the summit that's coming up. How Let people hear, hear about that. All right, I'm really excited about this. The third annual National Law Enforcement Survival Summit is going to be held in Las Vegas, September 26th through the 29th. The most incredible speakers that you will ever hear. If you are a law enforcement officer, if you know a law enforcement officer, have them go to thewoundedblue.org and look at the National Law Enforcement Survival Summit. If you're a cop or you're a police leader, actually lead here and and send some of your people because this is life-saving stuff life altering um some of the best uh presenters in the country will be at this law enforcement survival summit so take a look at it bring your spouse if you're a law enforcement officer because when you're hurting they're hurting go to the woundedblue.org go to the national law enforcement survival summit and register right now you get to hear Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I think that uh, Sergeant uh, Betsy Brantner-Smith is going to be there as well. And I know you've got a whole crew of host of like, like, like household names that are going to be there at the summit. So excellent opportunity. And yeah, and if it, literally it, it can be life-saving stuff. And if, if people want to get that shirt, Randy, they can go to the woundedblue.org as well. And you've got an online store. Well, we actually have a new website coming on board that will have the new store. All right, excellent. Well, we want to get that information out, too, so keep us posted on that. Guys, time for our second commercial break, but stick with us. More to come. All right, guys, hey, it's time to talk about Galls. Hopefully, Corporal David can help me out with this one, and it's at galls.com slash Leo. And certainly by now, if you guys have been watching our show, you're familiar with Galls and that they're the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement and that they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. David, do you know what's going on at Gauls this week? 
still got the shop your thin their shop their thin blue line collection a, a bunch of good stuff and a lot of the things having to do with bags and organizers is front on their page along with 15 percent off all your entire order uh, once you go on the first time that pretty much covers your shipping which beautiful gotta love it so goals.com slash leo and hey if you guys if you're an agency head and you need a good uniform company goals.com slash leo check it out which brings us to our latest uh, sponsor, so Global Ordnance. So get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance, your ultimate destination for ammo. Globalordnance.com provides high-quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time, they're offering free shipping on all ammo orders. Uh, Brett Bartlett placed an order uh, last night. Uh, your orders, if they're over $200, is free shipping with their exclusive coupon code, Leo Roundtable. So visit globalordinance.com today, explore the wide selection of ammo, and use Leo Roundtable coupon code for your shipping. Uh, let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So if we've exhausted the last topic, let me just touch briefly on how best to watch the show. I know that we have a streamer. Uh, she posted about commercials. Well, let's, let me just, there's, there's different ways to watch the show. So yeah, we're on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, but we're primarily a nationally syndicated radio program. So right now we're broadcasting from the Boss Hog Radio Network. They have seven stations in the Florida area, but we're on a total of 36 nationally syndicated radio stations across the country. So um, that's the primary, the primary, uh, I guess, identification for our show. Now look, we're on 20 podcast platforms. We're on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, and absolutely a ton of social media. So someone made a comment about commercials, didn't like commercials. Well, there's different ways to watch a show, but let me tell you, if you're watching TV or radio, guess what you're getting with that? You're getting commercials. And if you don't get commercials, somebody's footing the bill. And, and I, I don't suspect that the people watching the show want to be the ones footing the bill. So if you're going to be watching a live radio, um, like a lot of people or streamers are doing, this is live. There's going to be a huge cost associated with it that's being absorbed by our commercial time and the radio station commercial time. So it's a, it's a fact of life. There's no way of getting around it. So maybe you're used to watching podcasts where that element is different. So that's, so that's the, uh, that's the disclaimer. If you don't like commercials, watch our show the next day. This show is going to be produced with videos embedded in it, in it and pictures of the good guys, the bad guys, the very next day at nine o'clock in the morning. So this show will appear tomorrow, nine o'clock in the morning at rumble.com and a lot of social media outlets. So maybe that's more for you if you don't like the commercial, but if you want this stuff firsthand, you want to get it live. You want to be the first to know about all the news and the issues from a law enforcement perspective. This is the way they go. And Hey, it's free because there's commercials, but not too many. So moving along to rumble.com and our favorite law enforcement video channel called this is butter. And I don't know if it, I didn't look up the pronunciation. Is it Racine officers? David, maybe you can help me out. Racine officers justified an intense fatal shooting of Timothy Burgess. No officers are injured, though. Guys, every once in a while, we'll do shows for a while. and There's like no good videos coming out. Well, let me tell you, This Is Butter hooked us up. And this is still exclusive at This Is Butter, uh, their channel that This Is Butter has at Rumble.com. And, and This Is Butter is on the stream right now conversing with us. So officers shot and killed 38-year-old Timothy Burgess following a traffic stop.
Stay cover, stay cover, stay cover. Wild. Uh, wild video. We're describing great details so, so our audio listeners don't feel like they're missing out on anything. So Mount Pleasant police were called to a domestic disturbance where shots are fired. Investigators learned that Burgess, who's our bad guy, had gotten into an argument with his wife and fired several shots at her, uh, but she was never hit. So kind of typical for uh, all in a day in like Las Vegas, Nevada, right, Randy? So just before midnight, Racine police spotted Burgess, our bad guy, in a green Range Rover and attempt to pull him over. But of course, he runs from police and he ends up in a field in Clayton Park in extremely thick brush and trees. Can't even really see him, but they do have a drone up. They're, that's coming up. Surveillance video shows Burgess, our bad guy, in the brush. His officers direct commands over a loudspeaker for him to get out with his hands up. Now, Burgess complained of injuries to his legs and his arms that would not allow him to move. And he goes, hey, my expletive leg is broken and my arm, I don't have any weapons. And so the cops, you know, he's trying to draw the cops. So Burgess asked for help from the officers due to his apparent injuries. But one officer has heard saying that he actually saw our bad guy stand up just before he started complaining about the injury. So roughly 15 minutes later, a five-person team of officers, they're approaching our bad guy and they have a canine in tow, uh, but they're behind shields, ballistic shields. So as the group enters the brush, Officers commanded to put his hands up in the air. And there's actually a drone that zoomed in on our bad guy. So Burgess can be heard on the dash and body cam footage as they approach him. All right, man. Okay, okay. And then the drone footage shows our bad guy firing a handgun at the officers. Immediately afterwards, the drone footage shows Burgess pulls a handgun from his right side, fires two shots at officers before the officers return fire. Now listen to this. According to the investigative report, roughly 80 shots are fired during a seven-second period from the first to the last shot. It's like, it's It's crazy. Body camera uh, footage, it shows uh, one of the approaching officers, uh, it shows a, a chaotic scene from this body cam of this one officer. They're stumbling on the ground. They're looking for safety, returning fire at Burgess, and all the officers regroup, and they return to the vehicle to check for any injuries, making sure no one was shot. All the cops are good to go. For over an hour after the shooting, they're calling out over a loudspeaker for a bad guy to show his hands, and when they interviewed one officer, he said he could hear groaning sounds coming from where he last saw Burgess in the brush after he got shot. So an hour and 20 minutes later, uh, police bring a bearcat in and they uh, find him with a gun in his hand and they pronounce him dead at the scene. So justice is served. Wild video uh, commentary. David started us off on that. We got a smile from Randy, Randy Sutton already on the video though. Go ahead. Wait, deep breath. <clears throat> um, you know, this is one of those situations where, where the acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid, should have been used and adhered to. Um, the officers on scene, they knew this guy was probably armed. They knew he was a bad guy. They knew he'd already fired shots at his wife and all that. So we know what the scenario is going to be. They get the guy pinned down in these bushes, and they make a plan to have a team go up behind a shield. Well, the shield's only so big, and the one they had did not have – I don't believe it had a light on the front of it. So there you have it. But they've got this, this guy surrounded. They've got spotlights on him, at least where he is. But then, and and they so they formulate this plan. They're going to send a team up with a shield, and they're going to have cover officers with rifles, with a rifle off to the side, you know, for cover. Which okay, back a little bit, a little distance back. Okay, that sounds fantastic. And then it starts going sideways. I'm sure there was some commander on the scene, a sergeant or sorry, lieutenant Randy, a lieutenant that started layering in the unnecessary let's make this way more complicated than it needs to be type of crap. If you have a shield, you're going up to an armed subject you, and you have a shield. If you have the personnel, everybody has a job 
And that's it. That is your singular job. The man with the shield, the guy with the shield holds the shield. He runs the show as you approach. He's the guy that's giving the commands, move, stop, left, right, whatever it is. He's in control of it. And they gave him that control. Another good thing. But then beyond that, you've got two other people on that team, period, maybe three, but certainly not a canine. So now you've got this shield that's only really big enough to cover one person, and you've got a person on each side of it, a person behind them, and then the canine out winged out on the left of this thing. And I'm watching this go forward. I'm going, oh, this isn't going to go well. And, of course, initially they have it set up where they're, where they're coming in from the side, but then everybody in the background apparently is not on the same page to get out from behind them. Move, move away so that you're not in a crossfire when this thing goes south. And of course, it does. Now you have too big of a team on scene. Nobody can move because you're stumbling over the person behind you, stumbling over the canine to the left of you, stumbling over the guy to the right of you, and you can't get out of these bushes. So what happens? Everybody falls down. How none of those cops in that team got shot by the people behind them shooting over their heads and over their shoulders you could see the stream of, of AR rounds of 223 coming out of that rifle from the side. And he was the only one that was even in halfway decent position to do it. But then the canine shifted over almost in front of him. He almost got the female canine handler and the dog almost got taken out. It turned into a cluster in, in, in such quick order that it, 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 I, it was absolutely astounding how they got out of there without a, without a cop getting shot by one of their own with the bullets that were coming down range over their shoulders and over their heads. They were lucky they fell down. Let's put it that way. Or one of them certainly would have been shot. But the plan was good. The execution was absolutely horrible. Um, one guy on the shield, one guy on each side at the most. If you've got only got two guys, one's got the shield with his pistol around one side, and whatever side that pistol is coming around, the other guy's on the other side of the shield. And you walk up and you do what you got to do. But five people behind one shield? No. You're asking for a problem in, in, on steady surface. If you've got to move, somebody's going to fall down, which they all did. It was just poor execution on their part. Thank God they got out of it alive and the bad guy was dead. Um, but yeah, no, that was just poor execution and a canine. Oh God, please. Hey, what well, idiot did that? Well, there are some agencies that would have sent the canine in to apprehend yeah, well, the bad guy with the gun. Yeah, they're idiots too. So that's, that's beside the point. Um, improper, impo improper deployment of a canine on top of everything else they did to screw that up or to try to screw it up. They did their best to screw it up. I'm sure it was some Lieutenant, maybe a captain. I don't know. But whoever it was, they just should have just stayed back in the office. Now, David, would you have put the lieutenant in front of the shield is what I'm thinking? No, I'd have set the lieutenant up there by himself. <laughs> no. <laughs> or no, you pick, what you do is you pick the lieutenant up and you throw him into the bushes and see what happens. Oh. But it's one of those things. No, uh, I don't okay. I'm, getting a I'm getting a little insulted here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. was, I got to tell you, man, I was watching that in disbelief in disbelief and when they, when they all fell down when the when the bullets started flying i was i i like david i was going how did these officers not get shot by their own team it was it was a mess it was a mess i gotta say one thing 
they they made a commitment and and they and they went after it, but uh, bad tactics, just bad tactics. All right, well, good. Yeah, and, and these are those things where these small tactical errors will end up costing you. And I've said this before: um, small tactical errors compound themselves when things go bad. All right, well, look, thanks, guys. Hey, it's time for another commercial break, but we will be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point in time to ensure accuracy. And their training, it's approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, I know we've got a Motor Cop Chronicles podcast on here making comments and stuff. And uh, Randy, he wants to get a hold of you. So you can you can email me chip the block at gmail.com i'll make sure it gets to randy randy's randy is a busy guy in fact right now i mean i didn't even know if randy was going to be able to make the show he's he's uh, stuck in salt lake city right now but he's flying all over the country that's just you know that's the life of randy sutton man i tell you the rest of us we just want you know uh you know women love him and, and men want to how's that go women love him and uh, men want to be like him or or you know there's some metaphor that i can't remember right now but it's uh well, I got it right. Okay. Producer Jimmy says I got it close enough. So Yeah, you got it. All right. All right. Good deal. So yeah, men want to be like him. I just want to be living Randy's shoes for just one day. One day, if my body could survive it. You know, that's what I'm thinking. You're a braver man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We actually hung, we, uh, Randy came to St. Pete not long ago and, uh, we, we hung out for a while. That was, that was a blast. I have stories, but you know, I, I want to keep, yeah, we all tell, have stories. Tell stories out of school. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't worry. I know what, what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. But this is not Vegas, Randy. <laughs> All right. So, um, and, and, hey, there is a reason, Randy, why I'm wearing this uh, Colombian soccer shirt. Because, yes, it is World Cup for women's soccer. And, yes, my wife is Colombian. So, yes, I'm supporting the Colombian uh, you know, team. And they kicked butt the other day. So, that's right. So, yeah, I'm watching Women's World Cup. There's some great stuff going on. And the oh, U.S. team got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you're not supporting that purple-haired, weird weird creature that 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 hates the united states yeah i but she uh but she loves uh apparently uh um transgender males that are playing in in women's soccer though yeah yeah i know i know you're talking about and this is her last time out there and of course when i saw her playing for the u.s team she didn't even make the start you know she, they, they brought her in later i think i i don't i, I would imagine it's a little bit of an embarrassment but uh but yeah um but you know i know you you may not be watching a lot of the u.s soccer because there's not a lot of drama because Hope Solo is not the the, uh, the goalie right now. So you know that may I don't know if that if that makes you watch it more or less. But anyhow, yeah, not a lot of drama this year except for what you just mentioned. So I know David wants us to move on. So look, we digress. So let's get let's get going to the other uh, story that's got a video component. So yeah, we're still at Rumble.com. This is Butter still the channel. Man armed with a knife, airsoft gun, shot by Jacksonville officer. 
Don't do that. Hey. Do not cop. Step back. Step back. Step back. Step back. Hey. It's not. All right. Put that gun down, bro. Put it down. I don't want to test it. Put it down. Put it down, bro. That's a knife in his hand? He's the crazy one. Hey, put that knife down, I'm gonna shoot you. Put that knife down, I'm gonna shoot you. Hey, put that gun down. And that knife down, you're chasing me. Hey. Hey, let's kill it. Shot fire. Put your hands down, lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Lay on the ground, sir. Stop moving. Stop moving. Get on your back. Got you, ma'am. After opening fire. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, this is Butter made a mention about David grinding down a molar, and I'm sure this probably did it. So a man who's Timothy James O'Donohue, who allegedly shot at a Jacksonville Sheriff's officer, was struck multiple times when the officer returned fire after responding to an arson investigation, according to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. So Sheriff T.K. Waters is the sheriff. So JSO, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, said it was called to a home on Saturday evening. The man who lives in the house told police that he believed human trafficking was happening, that people were digging under the home, trying to break in. Okay, yeah, we get a lot of wacko stories like that. Police get there. They determine this guy's out of his mind. He's got a mental episode. Claims are not true. So later on Sunday morning, the homeowner calls to say that the man uh, was trying to set fire to the home. And the agency said that he lit a curtain on fire. So when the officers get there, the man was on the porch with a knife. So the man advanced on the officer who kept his distance as the man came around a car. Now, look, it's dark out. The guy's got a flashlight. He's, he's still holding the knife and he's got a gun and the cop's backing up and he's backing around the car. Um, I mean, I mean, when I say around the car, I mean around the car, but he's going backwards. Homeowners yelling during the incident, possibly trying to tell the officer the pistol was an airsoft gun, but the officer had not confirmed that according to the article. So when the man eventually fires a shot at the officer, the, who was and the guy was close, the officer returns fire, hitting the man three times in the leg. The officer renders aid to the man who's transported to the hospital with critical injuries. They don't really tell the full story, though, because, you know, 
in my notes, it just kind of reads it a little bit differently about, you know, the cop retreats backward, backwards as the armed bad guy, you know, knife and a gun, um, you know, is approaching on him. And then their shots are fired. And then when the cop goes in after he shoots the bad guy, they end up finding, it looks like it's over a flashlight. I couldn't, you know, I was trying to make sure it wasn't, you know, a, a marking on the airsoft. And then the BG goes for the cop's gun. He says, hey, give me your gun. Give me. And then he goes, I got it. I got it. They're fighting over the gun. I mean, just a, a wild video. David, break this down. Yeah, it wasn't that wild. Um, a, a, a crazy guy, <laughs> a lot of stupid, a lot of stupid crap coming out of a crazy guy's mouth and, a, and some stupid hag's mouth back at the house. Now, you got to, when you're in a situation like that, you got to watch your back, make sure that somebody else isn't coming out of the house. But you certainly don't pay attention to anything that they're saying um, as far as, oh, it's only an airsoft. I, I don't care. If you got a gun in your hand, you're, you're cracked. It's done. This is another example where a cop starts out right, loses his perspective, and it starts to it starts to circle the bowl. Um, you've got a, a that, the guy tried to set his house on fire. The cop gets there first, comes out of his car. He's he's standing back, surveying the scene. The guy comes out on the porch. He's got a knife in his hand and a flashlight. The cop's saying, "Listen, you got to drop the knife." There, he's a distance away. Then the guy picks up what the what the cop sees as, as a firearm, a pistol. And again, I don't care what it is. The cop recognizes it as a pistol. At that moment, the, the officer, deputy, whatever he is, starts to fade over to a couple of very large trees that was on that were on his left. And I said, beautiful, beautiful, nice cover. Hold your ground, draw the line, all that kind of stuff. Because lo and behold, behind the cop, fire rescue is arriving. Fire engines are arriving for the arson that was in the house. Now the guy comes off the porch and the cop starts giving him direction. Don't, don't come forward. Stay where you are. Don't move. So on and so forth. The guy keeps coming. Now the officer loses his advantage, loses his guts, loses his focus. And he starts playing ring around the ring around the rosy around the car with this guy with a knife and a pistol. The woman's up at, up at the house screaming at the airsoft. I don't care. It looks like a pistol to me. You're going to get shot, but he doesn't. He runs around the car at least twice. And the whole time he's losing focus that there's fire rescue is just right behind him. Fire guys are right behind him. So as he's running around the, the car with this guy, giving him ground, you're exposing fire rescue to him and a crossfire if you end up having to shoot. So again, I say, once you have position on a bad guy, keep them in the box. Keep them where you want them. And if they leave that containment, shoot them or take whatever action you need to take to stop them. If it's a, it's a, if it's deadly force, which this was at the very least the knife, not to mention the gun, you have to keep them in the box, keep them in front of you. Do not let them get away out away from you where they can then attack someone else, fire rescue or some other such thing. If, if he had stood his ground by his car or by those trees, and as the guy approached, two, three orders, stop, 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 bang. It would have been over. It would have been done. He would have been fine. Just as justified as allowing him to chase him around the car two or three times before finally shooting him. The stuff at the end, the guy's on the ground screaming and yelling, flailing around. I don't think he ever got a hold of the cop's gun. He was trying to make the cop think he did to try to make him pull it out or shoot him again. It was, you know, at the end there, it became a He was attempting suicide by cop the way he was rambling on. But, the, you know, the cop then at that point stood there, kind of kept him contained. The, his backup showed up and they put him in handcuffs. Fine. The guy was shot. He wasn't in the legs. He wasn't going anywhere. Um, so all, all that stuff is, you know, it, it is what it is. But you, you got to keep him in that box, guys. When you have him in front of you, 
don't let him out of the box. All uh, right. Do we lose Randy? Well, we may we may have, but um, but good commentary, David, and good breakdown, man. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was just trying to see if the um, if they you know what the oh, Chargers were this thing, but I didn't. I don't see him. So, uh, Randy, any commentary yeah. on the uh, on the issue? Well, I, I got to agree with David. I mean, there was in, in the article it said that he actually shot the airsoft gun and hit the officer. So thank God that wasn't a, a 45 or, or, or some other, you know, uh, real gun because that officer would have would have uh, faced a life life uh, uh, life altering attack. So um, once you commit, you got to commit. You, you have you have a guy armed. You can't let him chase you chase you around the place. It's, it, but we've seen this time after time because of the hesitation that officers now have to use deadly force in the proper circumstances to actually utilize it because they're worried about the consequences. Um, you know, one of the the things we saw earlier today, the the headline was, "Cop not charged." Well, of course, the police officer shouldn't be charged with using deadly force in a proper circumstance. But yet, that's the headline. It's like, well, we expect them to be charged, and so now it's a headline when they're not. And that's how insane uh, the policing uh, has become. Well, thanks. Thanks, Randy. Excellent show, guys. Thanks for making yourselves available. Hey, Randy, um, let's talk about the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. And just tell our listeners again how they can, uh, how they can, you know, what they can, what they can get when they go there and uh, tell them about the summit again and also about the Wounded Blue, what you guys do. Sure thing. So the Wounded Blue is the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers, a nationwide charity that helps cops whether they're injured physically or emotionally and psychologically. They need your help. Uh, go to thewoundedblue.org, donate 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do. See who we are, see what we do. If you are a law enforcement officer and you're struggling, reach out to us. My team is made up of all cops who have been shot stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. They're here to help you. Thanks, Randy. Also, guys, a shout-out to our sponsors again, Motion, DSP, Gulls, GlobalOrdinance.com, Gunler.com, Medicare.Live, Bang Energy, thanks for the fuel. Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, thanks for the hits and free uh, the free press for Brian Burns. Take care, guys.